0: The state is taking some steps to allow some criminal records to be sealed from public view, and a newly reconstituted school board plans to revisit an old controversy. Welcome to The Morning Agenda, WITF's daily news podcast, where the only agenda is you. It is supported by the City of Lancaster, helping create a magical holiday season in the city by offering shopping from nearly 150 small businesses to find gifts for friends and family. You can check out details at visitlancastercity.com. A good morning to you, a happy Friday to you. It is December 15th, and this is being recorded at 9.19 a.m. I'm your host, Tim Lambert, as we take this daily trip around the region's top stories together. Pennsylvania has new laws to allow more criminal records to be sealed from public view and to try to reduce the number of people who are on probation or in jails. Governor Josh Shapiro has signed the measure a day after lawmakers passed both with large majorities. The probation law aims to limit the length of probation and prevent people from being sent back to jail for minor violations. However, it drew criticism from the American Civil Liberties Union, which says it doesn't fix problems that plague the state's probation system. The other bill allows courts to seal more records of nonviolent drug felonies and more quickly seal other records. The State House Judiciary Committee is taking the first steps toward an amendment in Pennsylvania that would protect reproductive rights. My colleague Ben Wasserstein reports the proposal is similar to one that passed in Ohio just last month. The legislation was proposed by Democratic representatives Danielle Frieladen of Chester County and Liz Hainbridge of
1: Montgomery County. Cambridge cited the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision in 2022, which overturned Roe v. Wade as a reason to protect abortion rights.
0: Abortion is now banned in almost half of America, and in many states it's banned almost immediately after fertilization. Often before a woman even knows she's pregnant. Among those testifying before the committee was a mother who experienced pregnancy complications. Legal expert Elizabeth Clerk warned the committee on the language of the proposed amendment, saying it could be interpreted to strike down current state laws which protect abortion rights. The bill cannot be voted on until at least March 18th when the House returns for voting sessions. The House is also back to a 101-101 partisan split, With the resignation of one Democratic lawmaker, Representative John Galloway, a Democrat from Bucks County, has stepped down and the move will tee up another special election to determine the chamber's majority early next year. That is scheduled for February 13th. In the interim, as we mentioned in the previous story, the chamber has scheduled no voting days for January and February, while it is slated to be deadlocked. Republicans had long controlled Bucks County, which is a heavily populated county just north of Philadelphia. But it has shifted left in recent years, helping Democrats win control of the county and many of its legislative seats. Countries that attended the recent United Nations Climate Change Conference are making new pledges to rein in planet warming emissions. My colleague Rachel McDevitt reports environmental groups in Pennsylvania are applauding the U.S.'s move to cut methane leaks at oil and gas sites.
2: During COP28, the Environmental Protection Agency released a final rule that aims to cut 80 percent of methane emissions in the next 15 years. The EPA says the amount of gas recovered by preventing leaks will be enough to heat nearly 8 million homes for the winter. Environmental groups say the rule is a big win for the climate and public health, Methane is considered a superpollutant because it warms the planet much faster than carbon dioxide. Russell Zerbo with Clean Air Council says the rule could give more power to communities that live near gas drilling.
1: They will see some improved communication and improved leak detection and repair. As a part of this rule.
0: Now, when published, the rule will apply to all oil and gas infrastructure built after December 2022. Those sites will have one year to phase in a zero emission pressure control device. States have two years to write rules that bring sources older than that up to the new standards. On this Friday morning, I came into the office, got ready for morning edition, and started preparing for the morning agenda. And I went through about a dozen new sites across central Pennsylvania to look for a few stories to put on your radar because they cover issues that may impact you or your community in the future. So here's what you need to know. Face masks will soon be required at all UPMC facilities live reports it will go into effect Wednesday due to an increase in cases of respiratory viruses like COVID-19, influenza, and RSV. Employees, patients, and visitors will have to follow the requirement at UPMC hospitals, outpatient facilities, and medical offices. At least 28 health systems around the country have announced mask requirements since last month, and that includes Reading Hospital and Mount Nittany Medical Center in Pennsylvania. The state is currently dealing with an increase of. RSV cases, with flu cases and COVID-19 hospitalizations also on the rise. A mid-state school board with five new Republican members seated is planning to reopen discussion over the district's former mascot. The Southern York County School District in York County had retired the stereotyped image of an indigenous warrior in April 2021. But the York Dispatch reports one of the first actions of the new board, which was seated earlier this month, was to add bringing back the old logo to the board's agenda. The move could potentially reverse all the steps the district has already taken to replace it. The issue is scheduled to be discussed at the board's January 18th meeting. And another mid-state community is withholding contributions to a public library, at least in part it appears, because of objections to LGBTQ content on the shelves. Our sister newsroom LNP Lancaster Online reports Coryville Library Center will not get the $5,500 East Drewmore Township had budgeted. This comes a month after Fulton Township cut a $1,000 donation to the facility for the same reason. Library Director Sarah Bauer says a township official told the library about the decision and mentioned an unnamed children's book that features two bunnies depicted as same-sex parents. Township Supervisor Tim Redkay told LNP the decision was made with more in mind, such as donating to EMS services. Olympic figure skater and Quarryville native Johnny Weir plans to cover Fulton's annual $1,000 contribution for as long as possible. Now let's take a bit of a deeper dive into a couple of issues. We'll start in Clearfield County where the county could soon offer whitewater recreation parks on the west branch of the Susquehanna River. James Engel from our partner WPSU in State College brings you the details.
1: That's the sound of water going over Rasman's Memorial Timber Dam on the west branch of the Susquehanna River near downtown Clearfield. But after the results of a new study, this 600-foot section of the river could soon look and sound very different. In the dam's place, Rob Swales says he hopes to install a new recreational whitewater park on the river. Swales is the CEO of Clearly Ahead Development, a local economic development firm which commissioned a study on the feasibility of whitewater in Clearfield and another park a couple miles downstream in Kerwinsville. The purpose of the feasibility study is to show that it is okay to remove those dams as long as you have some sort of a replacement item in there to maintain your water levels in your community. That replacement, he says, would involve cemented stone and underwater structures to form artificial whitewater waves on the river. He says these could be a boon to the local economy by bringing in tourists, and they'd be a safer alternative to the current dams. Between the parks, Swale says he estimates costs to be between 4 and $5 million. He's working on getting official approval from the boroughs and raising funds. But if all goes to plan, He says he'd like to have them installed before America's 250th birthday celebrations. If we act now and the preliminary engineering takes place this winter, I see this being very achievable that we'll have recreational public parks open
0: in time for celebrations in 2026. That's James Engel from WPSU. Now, late fall usually means cleanup, not just for homeowners, but for gardeners as well. A unique partnership between a botanical garden and a bird rescue uses what would be composted to help heal injured birds. Zoe Reed, with our friends at WHYY in Philadelphia, takes you to the Mount Cuba Center in Delaware.
2: Senior horticulturalist Joshua Dunham and his team wade through a meadow of tall native grasses.
0: What we're doing today is we're managing yellow Indian grass.
2: These plants grow fast, so the gardeners must cut the stems to control the numbers. They're collecting and saving the stems and seeds for injured and sick birds at the nearby Tri State Bird Rescue and Research.
0: I think it just makes the job that much more worthwhile. You know, it makes me want to get up and come to work and, you know, just to help support another organization that's doing work for another living organism. The Bird
2: Rescue takes donated plant waste from Mount Cuba and creates natural habitats for birds recovering from oil spills, flying into windows, cat attacks, fishing line entanglements, and lead poisoning. Bird rescue volunteer Marion Quinn came up with the idea several years ago. She noticed on Facebook that Mount Cuba was destroying the egg casings of an invasive insect. Quinn asked the garden to donate them instead.
3: And I wrote to them and said, no, don't burn them. Give them to Tri-State because we can hatch them. There's food in there.
2: Soon, Mount Cuba also started donating native plants for these native birds. About 10 miles away at Tri-State Bird Rescue and Research in Newark, Quinn shows me one of the bird habitats she created. So we're in an outdoor enclosure,
3: and what I'm looking at is um, pretty much all donated materials from native grasses, native branches such as um, spicebush branches. We have logs. This habitat took several hours to create. It's an art and a science. You have to understand your species
2: and their behaviors. For example, every bird's feet are structured differently and need different kinds and sizes of branches to perch on. And they all need different plants to eat, sleep on, or hide in. A shorebird's enclosure has sand and dune grasses, while a woodland bird has branches and leaves. And the rescue wants the habitats to look as realistic as possible in an effort to reduce stress.
3: It's exactly what they would need out in the wild and it's what they're getting here in rehabilitation, whether it's a tundra swan or a swamp sparrow.
2: Not only do the habitats keep birds active and engaged, they can also be a source for food. Quinn lights up when, recalling a time her supervisor caught a glimpse of an injured swamp sparrow using the donated pea pod she installed in its enclosure.
3: She could hear this little injured sparrow in the tote, happily munching away, opening up these little pods and pulling the seeds out. It brought tears to my eyes that it's as though he never left the wild.
2: The sooner the birds can feed themselves, the less time they spend in captivity. And yes, the sparrow made a full recovery after crashing into a window.
0: That's Zoe Reed reporting from WHYY. Well, the morning agenda is available anywhere you find your favorite podcast and on WITF's YouTube channel. As we wrap up the work week, I want to know what is the one song you are listening the most today? What has garnered your attention reach out to me on twitter and let me know all about it i'm at t lambert 895 you can also find me under that handle on blue sky i also hope you check out the morning agenda spotify playlist creatively titled i know i know it's called the morning agenda song of the day december 2023 give it a like and check out my pick for song of the day today jason isbell and the 400 unit last of my kind Support for The Morning Agenda comes from the City of Lancaster, helping create a magical holiday season in the city by offering shopping from nearly 150 small businesses to find gifts for friends and family. You can check out the details at visitlancastercity.com. And that is going to do it for The Morning Agenda today. It's a daily news podcast from WITF where the only agenda is you. Now, a little bit of house cleaning. The Morning Agenda will come your way next week, the entire week. I will be hosting it for three days. Then I'm off for the rest of the year. Randy Parker will take it on Thursday and Friday. And then we are taking a holiday hiatus between Christmas and the New Year. Of course, The Morning Agenda will return with me on January 2nd, which is a Tuesday. Just wanted to let you know, give you a bit of a heads up so you can prepare yourselves. I know you won't have anything to do between those holidays, but nevertheless, we are taking a bit of a break. So I'm your host, Tim Lambert. Thank you so much for listening today. Your company is always appreciated. Be well, enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday.